0: note that the views and opinions expressed by our guests on the show are their own and do not necessarily represent the views of the interviewer or any of the companies and organizations which may be mentioned. The primary purpose of this podcast is to educate and inform Welcome to the Adventures of OT podcast. On today's show, I have a multifaceted occupational therapist. Not only is she, a, am going to say a pastry chef, <laughs> um, she is currently enrolled in her master's and she has a keen interest in mental health and has her own YouTube channel as well as Instagram page where she speaks to mental health issues. Please welcome, help me welcome Makungu
1: Valoe. Hi, Makungu. Sure. <laughs> hey, Kanya. saw sure, that intro. How are you doing? <laughs> oh, thank you. Um, I'm good. I'm, I'm really, yeah. I'm good. Thank you. How are you? I
0: am good, thank you. Um mm-hmm. so I remember the first time we actually met was um during our both our comms not comms so, of, oh my goodness. Um our com- <laughs> field of blocks yes um, I remember at a hospital that in Tiger Ty- well Tigerburg, um mm-hmm. and we met briefly and then I
1: think we ended up having lunch yes ah, <laughs> uh, sure that was ages it feels like ages ago um yeah and I-, I still remember you were in third year hey and I was in final year yes yes yeah sure Wow, and I remember yes. like I barely saw you guys or we barely
0: saw you guys because you guys were always busy. Um, and I think mm. at the time you were doing your psych block.
1: Mm, yes, definitely. I was in the acute ward and um, I was more like, I think my interest for psych was growing. So for me, mm-hmm. I even enjoyed just being in the ward and doing like the extra work in terms of just getting to know the patients. Um, so yeah, but I remember that was a very busy time because we were also doing our research for mm. our honors so it was like yeah <laughs> it was a lot
0: yeah so that's actually what i wanted to ask you which is um were you at the time interested in mental health or was it something where you felt like you'd like to dabble into other things as well like physical and PE, and then
1: sort of see where your interest lies mm. um actually i didn't i i knew that mental health was where i am at like um and it actually started in third year where when we went we went for our first clinical block uh, our psychiatry clinical block and for me it just felt very natural to the person that I am um, so everything that I read up on was also like ah, oh, this is cool this is um, something I can also use in my own life and like improve my own mental well-being and then also apply to patients so it started in third year and then in fourth year I knew definitely that I love psych and I want to continue in psych, although some of my um, sort of classmates would be like, no, rather be general, you know, in terms of dabble a bit into peds, dabble a bit into like physical before you make that jump directly from being a student. But mm-hmm. I think looking back, I should have just kind of stuck with my um, you know gut or intuition or just my um, feeling of like no I don't need to go into anything else because this is where I I feel most natural in if I can put it that way mm. Mm. Um,
0: because I, I think I had a one of my guests actually one of the OTs had also mentioned that that you know when you're starting out in your career in OT you sort of want to be more general um mm-hmm. obviously for the experience and then just also to see if you really really do like um be it psych or peds um mm-hmm. physical
1: um but i also feel like sometimes when you know you know you know <laughs> yeah exactly and for me it's also that thing of right now i know it's psychiatry and mental health mm. maybe later it might be peds but i know if i definitely dabble i will feel like i'm wasting my time because even in ComServe, i just felt like Why didn't I just go straight into psych? Um, Just because I feel like I'm in the season of psych and then maybe later I might explore and um, go into other fields, maybe. Mm.
0: Definitely. Also, because I think because OT allows us the leisure of, you know, dabbling into so many things and Mm.
1: you can do it
0: at any point in time within your career.
1: And Mm -hmm. you
0: actually mentioned that um, when you were obviously doing running groups you notice that oh you can do some of these things in your own personal life Mm -hmm. Um, my question to you is do you do those things that you you know that you you try and
1: facilitate in your groups yeah um so one thing i really sort of a value that i hold close to my heart is like practice what you preach Mm. and obviously because we're treating um people who are ill so it's not now to go home and do everything because then ethically like where does that fall in but just sort of like the the principles of rest um that Mm. i i i practice the principles of social um life you know in terms of like just having a balance i think overall what i do practice is allowing that balance um sort of not forcing myself to be like I have to rest, I have to, but more like, okay, where this week I feel like socializing, let's go for it. Um, And also then being strict with my rest. So I have like one day a week where I don't work at all. And some days, you know, I'm not saying I do it consistently, but some days I'll work 12 hours and feel like, yo, I should have rested. But Mm. I really try since first year, I've just implemented that Regardless of what is happening tomorrow, I need to work around it so that I can rest today. Um, and, and it's really helped with my own productivity. So, yeah, you know, majority of the things that I, I say to my patients that I can also apply, I try to, but to the extent that it's applicable to my own life. Um, and mm-hmm. that is to speak with to sort of just having a balance, having boundaries, um, ways to manage stress and, yeah, sort of the general things. So,
0: which day of the week do you then choose to say, okay, on this day, I'm not doing anything and I'm resting?
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I It used to be, like, Sundays. I think as a student, I remember it being Sundays because mm-hmm. then I'd go to church, um, come back, chill, spend time with my friends and whatnot. But right now, I just sort of choose according to my schedule, so... If I know on Saturday, we're all going to, I'm working on Saturday, half day or something like that. Then I know I'm not going to now book a rest day there because it's just not going to work. So maybe I yeah. say, okay, Friday I'm off. Then I know I'm going to rest or Sunday. So it's, it's sort of, I just work around which day I'm not at work um, because it's mm. helped me. But as a student, it used to be Sundays because at least it, it, like it, it's either Saturday or Sunday and usually Saturdays I'll be studying or you know trying to um do other things yeah mm. um mm. so for me when
0: I first met you um obviously because we were so busy and we only mm. made for like a lunch a short brief lunch yeah. um, <laughs> I picked up <laughs> I picked up that you know you were quite goal directed and you were very like focused um on your studies and where you wanted to go um would you say Mm -hmm. that that's um linked to obviously you know your mom is a leader or was a leader would you say Mm -hmm. that you you may have taken some traits
1: from her sure um thanks for saying that like honestly when I think of myself in fourth year I'm just like just trying to make it through (laughs) I think we all just trying to make it through you know like you um but yeah my mom she enjoys leadership and I think because of her obviously uh you know you grow up you look up to your mom and um well I looked up to my mom so I think a lot of her traits I have um in terms of this is the world is your oyster if I can put it that way and um she's always been I'd say busy so I think for me being busy sometimes um feels like the natural thing to do so that's why I tried to really slow down because I realized no actually you don't have to be so busy but I grew up in a household where she was always you know just going to meetings preparing this um organizing this and it really inspired me from a young age to just sort of say okay this is what you know I can also do and I can also be so applying those principles of just staying focused knowing that you can achieve what you put your mind to I think I've just applied it throughout my life um yeah and I think also with personality maybe because I do I, a lot of people may say like oh he looks so serious and so you know with the glasses also so sometimes yeah. it just looks like that girl is like super focused but uh like I wouldn't say that's the case I I, I, <laughs> I try but really <laughs> it's, it's a struggle to I, I'm always just tr- like distracted sometimes starting random conversations and, mm. and all that stuff but I, when I do focus I do focus so yeah
0: <laughs> yeah um you mm. know how they, they you say like you like to start um conversations and mm. I there's a quote that I read I don't know where was it, it was stating that you know small talk is actually can lead to you learning so much more because whatever Mm. you may be saying or speaking about that may feel like small talk um you could learn so much Mm. from that other person
1: sure yeah no i i definitely agree although i i don't know how to do small talk sometimes Mm. (laughs) um (laughs) but if i'm in a group i enjoy small talk because it it helps you to also see oh this person mentioned this i want to know about it later or like Mm. delve into it in another conversation um yeah so I definitely agree with that quote
0: yeah and then you know how I like how you mentioned that you grew up in a a, where where your mom was you know always busy um and now Mm. you've kind of tried to learn how to rest
1: how Mm. do you
0: or what would you say to someone who's like oh I'm always busy but because there's a thin line between being very busy and you actually being productive
1: in that Mm. you know quote being busy Mm -hmm. Mm, sure that's true and i think it goes down to your values um Mm. and being productive speaks to more of what do i need to get done um and if you want to start from like a holistic point of view like me as makungu or me as kanya what what is important to me whether it's Mm. family whether it's work it's fine but clarifying that helps you to direct your efforts so that even if it's a busy day, let's say maybe you're meeting up with this person, you have a podcast here, you have this and this, but it's all directed to what you sat down and said I value, which I feel is being productive rather than when you're being busy, it's sort of a lot of little things that don't actually contribute to anything. Like um, I have to quickly pack this. I'm going to organize this. I'm going to, um, like I can't even think of, proper examples just because i started with the with the values part first Mm -hmm. but more of things that don't contribute to your values and things that don't actually contribute to you finding meaning and purpose or things that are not meaningful and purposeful so Mm -hmm. yes you're right there is a fine line because obviously you have to do like the little things as well like um cleaning or not the little things but you know getting things done calling people to organize so like little things may seem like you're busy, but it doesn't contribute to much. But as long as in the bigger scheme of things, it actually leads you to your goal.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and, and you're not just sort of filling your, your day with to-do lists of, um, you know, things that don't actually lead to, to the proper goal. Yeah. So I think that's my, sort of my definition of like being busy versus being productive if you can't measure that productivity to reach to a certain goal then maybe you should reevaluate where your time is going and your energy mm.
0: Mm. um so for someone who's listening and they're like sure okay values mm. um what are values um how mm-hmm. would you
1: define values mm. sure now you're asking me to i'm trying to th- you know the theory it's somewhere <laughs> um <laughs> No, but simply put, values are things that you find important yes, um in essence, things that make you you um and things that you honor so for example, if you i I usually ask if you didn't have to work for money or if you you could plan out your day or the rest of your life, how would that look like you know um mm-hmm. Would you be spending time with family? Would you be improving your education? Would you be learning about yourself, right? So values are are things that sort of you honor and you need to protect in order to feel like you. Um, So if someone honors or values education, they'll usually feel like unfulfilled if they're not learning something, if they're not enrolled somewhere, if they're not working towards a degree, right? Mm -hmm. But someone who values family, if they're not spending regular time with their family, they feel unfulfilled. So it's sort of, you have to sort of introspect, okay, what is most important to me? Mm. Like in my life, not necessarily right now, what do I value the most? What do I need in my corner to make me who I am? Um, and it, it, it it's very abstract. So I think a quick sort of activity maybe is to like go on the internet and, um, look for values list or on pinterest there's a list of values and maybe you can start there if you're listening sort of just to take okay what are my five top values that spring out from this list and then work from there mm-hmm. but essentially values also help you to make decisions so if you are starting with a decision usually if you even if you do, you're not aware of it you always go back to your values of why am i making this decision it's always going to be like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm making this decision because I want to make more money. Then you know, okay, income is a value of mine or I'm making this decision so that I can um, find fulfillment. And then you know, okay, that's my value. So values, yeah, it's, it's very abstract, I would say. But I think in my perspective, it's, it's also, it's, it's values help you make decisions and mm-hmm. values define who you are and what is important to you. Mm, that's very
0: true um for me personally in 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 Mm. groups that I run is uh, I'll make use of a is it a wellness wheel where Mm. the patient will need to rate um how they feel they engage in certain occupations or aspects Mm. of their lives and Mm. you know you rate it from one to ten and if it's like a three um so let's say relationships are a three then we look at okay why is it a three um, mm. what can you now do to try and improve it and make it a an eight as a mm. or a ten as opposed to it being a three? Mm. um yeah, so that's usually how i um address or yeah, that's how I usually address you know the values and how much time people then start engaging in the things that are important to them
1: mm, yeah, that's beautiful.
0: So, like I said in my intro, you're multifaceted and you're doing <laughs> a whole lot of stuff. Um, um, my first question to you is, why did you stop um, posting on your cake page?
1: Oh, wow. Okay, come for me. Like, just do that. <laughs> okay. So, background. So, my cake page, Um, I started it in the heart, I'd say the heart of lockdown, but basically <laughs> um, I, I always liked baking. I've always baked sort of like muffins and so on. And then in my comps of year, when I'm, you know, when you're earning a little bit, you get to, I, I got to buy some of the cake things that I actually wanted to bake. So mm. I started a business Um, and then the business was going, you know, and going, but then when I changed, jobs which meant I also moved from Limpopo to Gauteng I no longer bake for like I don't bake actually that much maybe I'd say I bake once every three months like Mm -hmm. bake a cake so that's why I stopped posting because I moved jobs and that means I didn't have customers um, and I didn't also want to start a business here which meant less cakes being baked so I only bake when I, like, feel like it. Because baking is also a lot of work, like baking a cake. So, yeah, I think in the future, maybe I'll bake more frequently. But, yeah, right now, that's that's why.
0: Ah, um, mm. I know that you live quite close to me and it's my birthday in, like, two months. So
1: yeah. <laughs> I know where I'm ordering my cake. Okay, yo, I... I'm even afraid to say anything because I'm someone who, if I say I'll do it, yo, I will really go, like, I will do, if I'll keep my word. So, <laughs> I let me just say, you know, happy birthday. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, but yeah, it would be nice to, to sort of get some big pans going um, yeah. in two months time. Mm, we can talk definitely um Mm. and what are
0: you actually currently pursuing your master's in if i'm not mistaken Mm. this is your second year
1: yes yes it's my second year Mm -hmm. um i'm doing my master's in philosophy and ethics of mental health so that is the faculty of health science um through the university of pretoria but it's I'd say the I'd go on to say the the purpose of my degree is more um to improve my critical thinking skills and sort of I I, I like to say my debating skills in terms of like what is ethical what is legal is this mm-hmm. actually therapy is this not um does this patient present like this do they not so it's kind of like my critical thinking skills um that are being Improved throughout my my degree. Oh wow! Um, mm. And how long is your degree? Mm. It's actually a year, one to two years. Like <laughs> I, I was telling my colleague that I feel so bad that I couldn't finish it in a year. Um, I'm, I usually I am hard on myself sometimes, so it can be a year. Um, mm. because you can finish it in a year, but you can also do it two years. So the, the year they say it's full time, but you can also finish it a year part-time um and then two years is sort of like the max um that they they have stipulated Mm. which i'm sure you can extend if you really need to yeah
0: do you feel that it's better to to pursue your 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 masters or continue Mm. with your studies soon after university or do you feel like you know maybe four years later you can always go back um obviously Mm -hmm. this is now speaking to your
1: own personal experience
0: Mm, sure
1: yeah I think it boils down to what you value (laughs) um because yes I I agree with that like some might say well you haven't even gained experience so what will you know what you want to delve into specifically I didn't want to pursue further studies in OT and I knew I wanted to learn more rather than like the, the experience part of it. So I think if you want to just learn more and grow while you're learning, then yeah, maybe you can delve into further studies. Um, but if you feel that you want to contribute to the field in a more effective way, like maybe the systems and OT or treatment, uh, certain treatment assessments, I mean, <laughs> treatment assessment, assessment um, tools, then maybe wait a bit, so that you gain experience in that tool and then you know what problems they are but yeah yeah, for me I I wouldn't say there's a one size fit all because we all have different like values some people by the age are age-based so like maybe by the age of 30 it's like okay I'm done studying you know Mm -hmm. it's like I just want to get titles and until I get to a certain point point. I'm I'm doing it because I'm so passionate Um, like literally it's just because if I didn't do it other things like books so I said listen if I'm always reading about mental health let it be a degree then you know Um, Mm. that's why I didn't want to do it in OT because um, I wanted to also expand more just advocacy wise instead of like the OT route like just mental health in general so that's why I actually studied I just thought if I'm already reading so much about it let me just put it let me direct my efforts into like a degree Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and then at least at the end of a year or two or two years there's something to show for my reading you know
0: yeah yeah Mm
1: -hmm. definitely Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, you know how my dad is always encouraging me to do my masters which Mm. I love but yeah. then I'm like, but I'm not sure what I want to do it and so mm. for me personally, it's a thing of I'm not sure what I do it do my master's in so mm. that's why I'm not doing it at the moment, but mm. I think for me personally, it would also be great to you know do it now um obviously because I don't necessarily have responsibilities, I don't have children I live you know mm. um I don't. There aren't really that many responsibilities for me to really say okay. So I wouldn't be distracted if I can put it that way. Mm. Um, whereas once the baby comes and the marriage <laughs> comes, the, a lot of things start mm. happening. So mm. yeah, um, I see why some why my dad is actually encouraging me to to do it as as soon as possible.
1: Hmm. Sure. So, and would do you think
0: you'd do it in OT? I don't think I would, actually. Mm. Um, I'm not sure what I'd do it in, but I don't think it would be, tea. Yeah. It would be in health. It would be in health, but I'm just not mm. sure which lane I'm, I'd like to take. Yeah. Mm. Speaking so. about advocacy, um, yeah. you obviously <laughs> have your Instagram page where you're advocating for mental health. Yeah. And last year, you even um worked with uh The Fix which is a <laughs> clothing store. And <laughs> yeah. um, tell me about that experience. How was that?
1: Sure. Um yeah like I remember you know they like I got a DM from them. Um so I was like oh okay and then when I read it and I was like oh like this is very cool. Like I, I think I did it like a mini dance and like jump of excitement. So mm-hmm. for me it was very, very exciting because it was like us, oh, you know, another platform that people can learn about mental health um, because they, they reached out to me to speak on self-harm. So, mm-hmm. you know, very difficult topic in terms of like the uh, sensitivity of it, but much needed. So I was very excited to, you know, to collab with them and say, Yo, wow, like I get to reach out to much more people because obviously their following is, you know, much bigger. Mm. So I was very, I was, yeah, I was very excited. And also because I, I didn't tell anyone until the video was released um, of me sharing about what self-harm is and ways to notice it in others and take care of yourself. So it was that thing of like, ah, you know, not that I wasn't allowed to share. I just felt I didn't want to share it until it was out. And it was like three weeks before Mm. so yeah but it was it was very exciting and also affirming for me to know that okay someone notices the work that i'm putting into um the the page um because yeah at the end of the day it is sort of voluntary work you know Mm. Uh, it's it's in your own time so as much as you want i'm passionate about it and i'm happy to do it so other people can know sometimes it's nice to get that feedback to be like okay there is someone who notices and and really values the work that I put in. So Mm. yeah, it's very exciting. Shame. Yeah.
0: Look, Mm. I always look at your, or watch your TikToks rather. um, (laughs) And you always look, you know, so energetic. um, And I I don't want to know how much time it takes for you to, to edit and to try and get it like in sync with the words and all of that.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. that that is very fun for me. My colleagues know, like, when we clock out, I'm like, they're like, "What do you?" We all chat, like, "What are you doing this afternoon?" And I'm like, "Oh, guys, I'm going to like uh, dance in front of the camera because I really <laughs> enjoy just um the music also, uh, but also just I make it fun for myself. So yeah, the the time I'd say I'm getting better at like the efficiency. So I prepare my content before, so I'm not like sitting researching and then having to like edit so I there's a lot of planning that goes in in behind it and I'm sure you're you're also aware um yeah like social media and planning and but I I definitely what you see there is definitely how I feel when I'm creating that TikTok it's just like yes like the
0: music the beat Uh, yeah yeah
1: (laughs) yeah Yeah,
0: um, and what I do like about your your page is that it's so informative um and you know nowadays people are very visual so it's about mm-hmm. i want it to be short and sweet but also informative and i, I really mm-hmm. think that that's what your page is doing um it's short it's sweet and it's to the point um mm-hmm. people get to read and they are informed about the different mm-hmm. forms of taking care of oneself and taking care of your mental health mm-hmm. um and i feel like it's, it's such a great platform to have Mm, sure thank you kanya
1: um that actually inspires me like (laughs) just to i i like i want to create content now Um, (laughs) yeah it's really good i must say Mm. i don't know how much feedback you get as a content creator um especially intentional like specific feedback it's really nice to get feedback because you know that 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 work that sort of specificity that you put in um That, yeah, you know, someone is noticing how short and sweet I'm trying to make my videos. So, yeah. um, Thanks for that. So, now I actually wanted to speak about the transition from working
0: in government. Mm. Um, And now you're obviously working in private. How different are the two? Sure. Obviously, now you're in private psych as well.
1: So, it's very different. It's a world. Like, guys, it makes me sad because I'm thinking of the government facility and um, just kind of like the resource limitation and by resource, it might not necessarily be therapist, but having to, to bring in your own activity Mm. um, or materials for activity rather Um, having to sort of think really outside the box that, okay, maybe we do have resources, but these are the only resources. So you you use them and then you also have to reuse them and play around with them. So there's a lot of, I'd say, more effort, mental effort in, in that I experienced working in government psych or the psych ward, whereas now in private, there's so much resources and materials for activities that you almost, like, now are just focusing on the, the actual... Like, it's, it's less work thinking about how to make an activity work and more on like the therapy and what the patient gets from it. So like, it's a world amount of like difference, if I can say that, mm-hmm. like now, because everything has to be assigned, like signed off. So if I want to do this, mm-hmm. change something, it has to be approved and approved. But in private now, if I suggest something today to my prac to my boss, my pra- the practice owner, tomorrow she gets the stock and we start with it you know what i mean so Mm -hmm. it's very like you you feel like what you're doing actually matters and you get to then it makes me more motivated to do more because i know okay i've noticed this i think the patients are enjoying this kind of activity because it improves their mood let's buy more of these or let's change this let's get this Mm -hmm. and then the next day or the next week it's available for us to use so Yeah, I think it makes it sound like, you know, it's better in private, but resource-wise, material-wise, it's, I think it's better. Um, Mm. mm.
0: Yeah. And then when it comes to patients, would you say Mm. there's a great difference
1: um, when you compare the patients? Mm, sure I think um the because I worked in like the rural government mm. and then now I'm in Centurion and you know uh, yeah Centurion I don't have much <laughs> to say let me not say this is Centurion because I haven't really like sat down and thought about but it's urban okay yes. so yeah so and it's private so the 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 classes are different now it's upper class you know Whereas in private, I mean public, my patients were like there's certain also the language barrier, but also like the the, the level of education. Mm. So whereas now with my patients, some of them ask really great like questions that I'm like, yo, I'm gonna have to go read up on that that type of thing, you know. Um, it's also people that are in my profession, the health sector. Mm. Um, so higher functioning. Um, patients and also people in society so it's it's I think it's it's you know it, it, it. for me it feels the same because I think the therapy that I gave in in public and private I'm the same person um, but the feedback I'd say or the understanding you know uh, people understand what OT is or the services mm. that they're supposed to get um, so it's, it's definitely I'd say put me on my toes, um, not necessarily to change my level of therapy, but more of the the, the feedback from my patients, you know, talking about boundaries with em- employers, whereas in, mm. in my, yeah, ComServe, it, it it wasn't like that because the, the patients weren't necessarily employed or um, looking to go into, like, sheltered employment or something like that, yeah.
0: Mm. Yeah, I feel like you also get to learn so much from, from patients. I mean, be it mm-hmm. both low-functioning low or considered high-functioning. Mm-hmm. Um, but within like a high-functioning space, because they ask all of these questions, you always need to be reading up and you always have to mm-hmm. somewhat think ahead in terms of, okay, what if a patient asks me this question? Um, mm-hmm. How do I answer it? Um, so you're right.
1: that mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, like it's, yeah as you said like the because even I had a debate in my group once about politics um Mm. what they were debating I was just kind of facilitating the group and it's stuff like that's happening in the world right now so I was kind of like oh okay this is very interesting like I even shared with them like you guys um are really sharing and obviously the therapy side of it but it's also topics that you're like oh wow like I didn't know that's mm-hmm. what the HPCSA just did or like what, what just happened, you know, like, Oh, is this what, what lawyers or attorneys do like these, you know? So it's kind of like, you also learn about it and you're like, Oh, I didn't know this happens. Um, So it's yeah. nice. And also I don't, yeah. Like building networks sometimes Um, with other healthcare practitioners, maybe you see a dietitian and then they like share about, a home that they're visiting and they need an OT there and you're like oh okay I know someone I can consent to that home so yeah, yeah I agree um and you speak about
0: facilitating or you were facilitating mm. a specific group um for mm. someone who's listening and they'd like to know okay what is the role of an OT in psychiatry mm-hmm. um how would you describe it to that person mm.
1: sure um the role of OT is basically to reintegrate you back into society. Um, so the idea in, in psych is because I'm also working with inpatients, so people who get it get admitted for maybe a week, 21 days. And due to their mental illness, right, or mental health issue, or the reason they were admitted, there's usually a dysfunction in areas such as their work or their social life, um, the you know, the ability to learn, their social, yeah, I was about to repeat myself, but, or their leisure activity, so their ability to, to nurture themselves, rest. Um, so there's sort of an imbalance somewhere in their lives due to this mental illness. Okay. So we as OTs assess where and how this has affected their functioning. And then we also treat it So my role of an OT is to teach you skills that you're able to apply when you get discharged, right? And we start these skills in session. So I don't just sort of talk and say, okay, this is how to set boundaries. This is how to manage stress. But in the group, I bring out activities that are stressful and then we see what comes out and then you're able to process and really deal with that stress in the group. And I facilitate those things so that when you get discharged, It's not a thing of, oh, I've never done it before. You've done it in therapy. Mm -hmm. So that's, I'd say in a nutshell, my role um, as an OT is sort of to treat those things that are affected by your mental illness um, and areas usually with functioning. And then so that when you get discharged, you're able to function and you're able to sort of cope in a healthier manner than maybe you did before.
0: And how do you Mm -hmm. actually facilitate um, a patient to ensure that, you know, these stress management techniques, they are able to make use of it or they will make use of it once.
1: I mean, that's where I guess the theory comes in, in terms of understanding the diagnosis Mm there. So we also do, you know, what we call an OT prognosis. So your functional prognosis in terms of, okay, how, how did you apply? How did you manage stress in the past? Um, and, and so on. What is your ability to sort of apply it in the group? Are you understanding? Are you still at the level where you just understand how to manage it? Or are you at the level where you're able to apply it in the group? Um, so all those things kind of determine how you can transfer it. But at the same time, things can happen and then you're unable to. Um, so... it's difficult, I guess, to, to say, um, but you usually see it in the group when someone's motivation also to apply all these um, techniques, then, you know, okay, they're, they're going to apply them by maybe we, we we do a daily plan of your day outside um, of the hospital and, and see that, okay, this person actually has made time to, to practice these skills or to follow up with their, with their therapist um and like tangible plans then we can see some motivation where maybe they've also brought in family for family therapy um, mm. so that their family's also involved so it's kind of tied you know to motivation There also level of consolidation in therapy that can I you know identify but then there's also relapse where someone comes back and they're like you know I tried and i'm i'm back again and that's fine and it's sort of okay how can we you know show it to you in in a different way because sometimes relapse is not really like to say you failed but yeah um it's just like you're learning something else about yourself um so that we can help you so Mm -hmm. yeah it's 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 a tricky question for me to to answer but i yeah it's usually tied with motivation and i also like follow through in terms of tangible plans
0: Mm. how do you actually feel about patients who do come back to the hospital setting because Mm. i remember with me last year um, obviously last year i was in in a setting where i was working with patients who had substance-induced psychosis Mm. and obviously then there was a patient who had relapsed and came back to the hospital um and I was just so bummed. I was like, mm-hmm. oh my goodness. Um mm-hmm. and it it took me quite a, a, a like of days for me to really get out of that could I have done more? What else could I have done to ensure that you know this guy mm-hmm. doesn't come back to hospital, doesn't relapse? Mm. should I have done something differently so I just want to get your perspective of okay Mm. well how do you usually feel or handle those emotions when a patient does
1: come back into the hospital setting sure yeah I think in the beginning it was more like oh my word like why what did I do Mm. but I also started realizing it's the community um and by community I just mean like that revolving door syndrome like there's just so many I'd say social ills, like there are many factors to why, like my patient would come back and relapse mm-hmm. and it's, it's not, you know, it's not necessarily what could I have done better. Um, so when I see a patient uh, now, I'm like, oh, hey, welcome back. And if I remember their name, it's like, hey, you know, Kanya, welcome back. Um, How's it been? And then obviously delve into, okay, what happened? Um mm-hmm instead of yeah so now it's more of a i wonder what what we can do um to help you um and because i i realized that each patient has their own process some people take five years and then it clicks in terms of what they need or to be able to set that boundary some some people takes six months someone it takes two days like it it really depends on where they are on their journey and if that means them coming back to the hospital to to learn certain skills again, then I'm there to help them because they're a different person coming in who has a basis and it's not like mm-hmm. the first time they hear it. So hopefully, you know, in their own time, they're able to to apply it and, and hopefully then overcome the next stressor. And yeah, being admitted doesn't necessarily mean mean like, you you know, you, you failed it and you, you have to start over again. Um, mm-hmm. maybe we learn it a different way and maybe you just want to rest because I I have a lot of patients who just want to rest and recover and learn more about themselves. So every year they come and get admitted for that. Mm. It's sort of their year to check in and rejuvenate. Mm. But definitely with with the acute like psychosis um it's more I'm, I'm just like oh what is happening in the community that I'm missing um mm-hmm. I even got to a point where I just wanted to leave the hospital and go into the community because it's I realized it's not a it's not a like treat you for a week and then discharge you thing it's yeah. more of something's happening something's happening in your community that we need to check so sometimes it's that mm. Yeah,
0: because that's also what I say to, to patients about um, the, like home environments, for example, that yes, mm-hmm. you may come in here and you'd like to change and learn new skills, but then you also going back into the home environment where things haven't changed. Not everyone mm-hmm. in your family came into the setting to be part of the process. So you're sure. still going to go back into the exact same environment um mm. obviously with all of these new skills so now it's about how do you manage being in the in same environment but with the skills that you've been equipped with
1: yeah sure yeah i agree with that yeah that's true sure so what type mm.
0: of groups do you actually
1: run mm. um so i run psychoeducational groups so that's basically learning information-based um We learn how to cope with stress, um, what do boundaries look like, um, Mm. and so on. So sort of just information. Um, I also run task-oriented groups. So that's more, you know, that's where you see the OTs baking or painting and all those things. But we we usually paint and do crafts. Um, Mm. But the underlying treatment there, I want to add. Is, is, is usually you know managing time emotional regulation um, participating with other patients you know social participation improving your motivation positive thinking mm-hmm. so there's usually a therapeutic goal behind those um, then I also run social emotional groups so those are um, smaller groups and they last for longer so longer I just mean maybe we're in therapy for two hours and Monday to Thursday mm. Or, sort of like a longer term for the same people. So, those it's processing, you know, those difficult emotions and and so on, and sort of sharing in a safer space. And then there's lastly, I do skills um, group. So, that's learning the skills of standing up for myself, um, building my confidence, saying no, setting boundaries um, type of group. Yeah. So, Mm -hmm. I'd say those are the four groups that I run where I work now. Um, and 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 what would
0: you say is the significance of um a patient being in a group, um, as opposed to you maybe just seeing them on an individual basis?
1: Mm. Um, so the main thing is you know social participation, engaging with others, so there's a lot that goes into communication, okay? So for me to be able to make that eye contact for me to be able to express my needs that I wouldn't be able to do if I was alone, you know, turn taking in communication, right. Body language, tone of voice. Um, and then also I, I want to speak to your uh, Therapeutic so,
0: factors.
1: You know, <laughs> um, universality. So when every day i think when patients share it's it's that thing of i'm not alone there's Mm. someone else who's going through something as well and you know we can go through this together or i can look at my you know difficulty from a different light um something that i couldn't obviously achieve if it was just one-on-one therapy because when i as a therapist tell you something or mention something it's usually from a place of okay this person is saying this so yes but if it's from a patient to patient who's going through the same thing and we're on the same boat together and they give you that sort of advice it's Mm -hmm. um also very um yeah you find more healing and like you're able to to process those difficult emotions with others who are also going through it um and then obviously with the guide of a therapist um as well so Mm -hmm yeah, I'd say those are the two factors, knowing that you're not alone and also that social participation that you can get that you wouldn't really in the individual session
0: mm. um you know to add to what you're saying i've I found mm. that even the patients that are usually the more more quiet patients in the groups mm-hmm. um after a while they also start opening up because they may have heard you know. Um, Makungu has a similar story to mine, and yeah. you, I actually want to speak about it, and I, I want to hear or mm. get assistance in terms of whatever that I may be going through.
1: Yeah, sure. Yeah, I yeah.
0: So you've been mm-hmm. mentioning boundaries and space. <laughs> um, what are boundaries, and why is
1: it important for us to actually set boundaries? Mm yeah um boundaries really speak about the limit you know this is the line i draw and no further Mm. um and you know if i want to put it in this way think about yourself as being the first person on earth okay and maybe the boundary is you're not allowed to go into the ocean because you will drown um the boundary is you need to eat three times a day otherwise you will starve you know or the boundary is you need to um, sleep under a shelter or covering, otherwise, you will like freeze to death. So, when other people come into your life, it's not to say that you're pushing them away by expressing your boundaries. It's to say, listen, if you're a swimmer, go swim in the ocean, but I can't swim because I'll drown, right? Um, I know that you eat five times a day, but I eat three times a day. Or I know that you don't eat, or you eat once a day, but I need to eat three times a day because I'll starve. Okay, so I need to so so sort of sort of explaining how you need to live your life in order, sort of to take ownership of what is yours, right? So that's I'd say boundaries in a nutshell. It's sort of showing other people where your values lie, and this is the line that you will draw and no further. Um, And the important thing, boundaries it's so that you can, you know, simply put to live a meaning and purposeful life um, Mm. so that you're not living for others. You know, you're not saying yes, where you want to say no. Right. Um, You're actually saying, listen, I, I value my education or my finances or my, you know, my body. So these are the boundaries i put in place to do so. Um, so it really allows you to take ownership of, and responsibility for what is yours and then realizing that this is not my responsibility because we are responsible to others, but not for others. So, yes, I'm responsible for the way I speak and express myself to you and express my boundaries and follow through with them, but I'm not responsible now for your perception of me or your now anger bursts because i said no you know mm. because if i make myself responsible for other people's emotions then i'm going to constantly be disappointed by letting down my boundaries so that i can make them happy Makes sense mm. and always sort of wanting to please or then giving from a place of resentment and guilt um so yeah boundaries really help you to sort of live meaningfully and purposely within the bounds um of yourself so that you're able to fulfill your core values Mm.
0: do you feel Mm. like your patients grasp the the session when you do cover boundaries and um you 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 speak about the importance of setting boundaries Mm. sure
1: yeah i think they they do um and because i i first sort of posed that question what is your understanding so that we can start from common ground um, but yeah, most of them do. And most of them also like ask those challenging questions. OK, what's the difference between compromise and um, sacrifice? And 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 then you you kind of have to go to the theory or like we we go back and forth. But uh, I found that majority of them do. However, it's also that thing of I think a lot of I don't even want to say my patients just in society. It's sort of that perception of if I stand up for myself and I'm assertive, I'm actually being like aggressive like it's actually mm-hmm. you know now you're just pushing people away or um you know shouting at others it's actually being assertive so I think there's like a misconception with regards to that and and my response is usually you know you can be kind use your voice use your soft tone of you know the way you are use your personality but the moment you're saying yes to something you're saying no to then you need to reevaluate. so yeah majority of my patients I'd say especially those who are ready to, to, to implement and maybe like psychologically in terms of stabilized on medication, they're able to grasp, um, the concepts learned and apply them in the group when, when I facilitate. Yeah. Mm.
0: And you actually have such a nice video on your Instagram page about Mm. setting boundaries. Um, when you say yes, when you actually want to say no. So I really encourage Mm -hmm. you as the listener to go and check out Makunga's page, um, to see, you know, some of the bullet points that she stated with regards to setting boundaries. Thanks, Kanye. Um, okay. And then my question to you is what are your plans for OT and Mm -hmm. for your career going forward? You,
1: um, <laughs> I mean it's a big hey. question. <laughs> yeah, I mean God knows. Like um I I'm interested in the law. Um I think because of my masters it's de- dealing with ethics and mental health law and what is right and what is this and what is consent, what is. So I'm very I'm interested in the law now. Um I recently found out when I say recently like an hour before like before this recording um, <laughs> that you can actually do like your LLB if you have an undergrad. Oh, um, wow. Yeah. So I was like, oh, okay. Like what is, and it's for three years. So I'm like, what are, what is three years compared to the rest of my life? But not that I'm going to now jump on the train, but I, I, I'm, I'm not really, <laughs> I'm not set in stone in terms of what I want for my career. What I am set in stone is I know advocacy will be part of it. Um, I don't know to what capacity. So when I speak of the law, I don't know if in terms of do I branch into like, you know, post-grad in a law that deals with mental health issues. Um, do I become sort of an ethics lecturer? <laughs> um, so OT is really just my basis right now. And I'm just going, taking it year by year, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's definitely not looking like starting a practice um, because I, I still want to, to travel a bit, like move around and um, maybe not necessarily in, South, in, in Gauteng or South Africa. But like I'm just saying in general, like move around it doesn't have to be overseas. But yeah, I think right now I'm just going to tell you what I'm interested in. And then hopefully because that's how I got into mental health. I was interested in mental health really interested and I just found all the mental health facilities I could work in. So now I'm interested in the law. If in two years time you ask me the question, I will tell you what I found <laughs> um, <laughs> or not. So I'm really taking it year by year. Um, yeah. <laughs> and and I think and, that's also such a great mm-hmm. approach to it though
0: because I feel like we're always focusing, well for me that means like we, for me personally, mm-hmm. I'm always focusing on the in five years, what do I need to do? And mm. the next year, six years, ten years. And and sometimes mm. you forget to live in the now. Like what you were saying earlier, where in, in varsity you really focused on being present. Um, mm. So for me, it's about that unlearning to always be thinking about the future, but also trying to mm. focus on the present time and just enjoy this week, this day, this month, this
1: year. Um, as a person, mm-hmm. okay, five sure. years.
0: What do I need to do? I need to have this and mm-hmm. that. Yeah,
1: yeah. It's kind of like um. Even though I, I might say I have an idea, but it doesn't. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that looks like. I can't tell you. It looks like being in this job. But I yeah. know I value speaking up for mental health. I know I value now. I like the law. I know that I want to be moving around. So it's that thing where I know like the values i want and then maybe a job pops up next month and i'm like this is what matches with my values because that's how i also got this job where it's like i want to be writing reports i want to be running groups and then this job mm-hmm. came up and then it was what matched those values and i was like oh like let's try it out so yeah it's 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 yin and yang
0: <laughs> it's yin and yang
1: Treat. it's really yeah,
0: um Mm. and and you can't really set things in stone because if they don't go your way that's when you become frustrated Mm. and you beat yourself up about it Mm.
1: sure yeah
0: so we've come to the final segment Mm. of the podcast Mm. um i ask you five fire questions you either answer in one word or a sentence okay wow right (laughs) no pressure (laughs) Okay, you've listened to the message and all the OT lessons. You're running out of seconds. It's time for the final segment. This is a minor reminder of what you're all about to witness. Rapid fire with Kanye. Welcome to five fire questions. Five fire questions. Mm-hmm. Question to you is: Do you have a therapeutic voice? Shoo! Sure. Yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah what does it sound like actually
1: um this is my therapeutic voice I think let me am I allowed to elaborate or is it done now no no you can elaborate (laughs) because um I've always had this voice like this my voice okay I've always had my voice but (laughs) (laughs) you know but like I always felt like I'm soft-spoken so in crowds when I say guys everyone would be like just continue with their own thing so i used to be like i just wish i could be louder and more like you know just a voice type of thing Hmm. then when i went into mental health and therapy like it just made sense like i enjoy my voice now so when i say i have a therapeutic voice i mean like basically i think my voice or based on the feedback let me not try and put myself there but based on what i've heard from my patients that you know being soft spoken or like this the the voice that i have helps them and so mm-hmm. to, to engage and connect so yeah i'd say yes but it's always been my voice type of thing um mm. uh, yeah that's that's great that
0: you know the patients feel that they can better connect with you because mm-hmm. of you know your voice yeah. <laughs> Uh, so, like, weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the second question is, if you could create a law that people would have to live by and follow for a day, what would it be?
1: Sure. Okay. Listen. <laughs> uh, if I could create a law at the top of my head, I think, listen, for a day. mm just one law. Maybe yes. it's, can it be a law with a comma? Yes. <laughs> so only ask questions and listen. Um, at a workshop that I was at, one of the facilitators was like, the, one of the most powerful things you can do is just ask a question. Mm. So, because so many times you miss a lot of the things that maybe you're looking for or wanting to learn because you haven't listened. Or I haven't listened. So, yeah, the law would be just only ask questions, comma. Well, you wouldn't put a comma with and, but only ask questions and listen, full stop. Yeah. And mm. mm. um,
0: that's actually such a, a great one because I, when I was in varsity, I did a leadership course and mm. they actually spoke about the importance of listening um mm. and obviously they they make use of the example of you have two ears which means you need to listen more than you speak oh, yeah. you um,
1: and it's really yeah. hard mm. sure yeah that's how i also found out about the whole law LLB thing was because i just posed it to my friend and then because she's in law she w- without me just adding more about oh i'm so passionate I just listened to her and then she went into oh maybe you could do this and this and this and this type of thing. Mm. So yeah. Which brings me to my mm. third
0: question. Um, which I yeah. feel like you literally just connected it right now, which is what question do you wish people asked you more?
1: Sure. Yeah. Um wow i don't know yo this is tricky okay (laughs) let me think i think where do you get your inspiration from Mm. um mm, i i really i like talking about it um yeah uh, god inspired me or continues to inspire me um but also just how, like, it doesn't have to be such, like, an airy fairy, like, this is your purpose, you know. It really mm-hmm. just is an everyday, day-to-day thing where you're like, oh, I'm interested in this. And then you delve into it and you're like, oh, this is where it's supposed to lead. And then you knock on a door and then it opens and then another one. So it's like, where do you get your inspiration? I think it, it will allow me to really share, like, my story. Um, like, yeah, I, I think, yeah, that's the question I would like to get more
0: um yeah mm. asked <laughs> and what is the worst advice you've ever gotten
1: yo i can think of about like I, I know this one so in comserve i think this was my worst advice because this one man like he was you know just giving you know comserve advice live your life and then he was like just go sometimes just go and spend your whole salary like on a one night five star seven star hotel <laughs> you book and like he was serious you know and and yeah i i can understand what he meant in terms of like just live and eat your money enjoy your money yeah. but for me at that time i'm like that is just extreme like you know gets paid today mm-hmm. goes to book herself at a place enjoys herself and then monday like yeah for me it was just worst advice because there was no like sustainability in it I just saw suffering for like the rest <laughs> of the 30 days in the year uh, so yeah I mean in the month, the month. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah so it, it definitely yeah that was the worst advice
0: yeah mm. uh, maybe it's also in terms of you know how we talk about perception um uh, mm. maybe he, he meant it in the sense of go enjoy yourself you know how people like to Mm. use the saying of pay yourself first Mm. Um, maybe he meant it in that sense but obviously i wasn't there so i wouldn't necessarily know what he actually meant
1: Mm. Um, i I would like to think he meant it that way like just kind of don't calculate too much don't now be strict with your budget like just do Mm. it yeah for once once, just relax (laughs) i I really hope he did (laughs) (laughs) and then
0: my fifth and final question to you is what is the mantra that you live by
1: Hmm. wow um no i'm saying wow because there's so like it changes per season Mm -hmm. um but this is going to sound a bit depressing but i'll explain for me it's um sort of being aware that i'm going to die um i wouldn't say there's a mantra i live by like i repeat myself but i i think ever since i've been aware of myself type of thing i've always been aware that i'm going to die um and what i mean by that is it motivates me so Mm -hmm. knowing that i'm not necessarily on earth forever so whatever i do is intentional um whatever i do i want it to be sustainable um the people I let go of sort of having faith that they will find the, like they will find, I'm not like, I'm not a, I'm not the only person that can fulfill what they need, what they need. And then the people I keep in my life are there because I can deposit things in them for either this life or eternity. So I kind of have that perspective of like, when I make decisions and when I give back it's always that thing of i know i'm not going to be here forever so i don't want to just help you just for now i want to teach you also to help yourself i want Mm -hmm. it to be sustainable and intentional so i'd say that's like the mantra um Mm. that is like replaying in my mind and it doesn't make me scared it's not like a thing of like um yeah, because people will be like, oh my gosh, why do you have such a thing? And I'm like, for me, it motivates me, like, oh, yay. Um, <laughs> um, I get to Like, <laughs> I don't know, because I also believe, you know, there's like life after death. So that's why it's not such a scary moment, thought for me. But it's more like, okay, I'm not going to be here on earth forever. So what I do on earth here, the people I meet, um, just to be intentional with those interactions. Yeah um and i agree,
0: i completely i'm on the same page with you in terms of that mm-hmm. because um i have this thing where well i saw it on Sadhguru's page for those who follow Sadhguru. guru um, mm-hmm. but he has this thing where he likes to say this is a brief life and mm-hmm. for the past couple of months maybe going into last year like I always come across that because it's a on my, my phone and I come across Yay. the screenshot and I'm like, it is a brief life, you know, and sometimes mm. I'll post it on my WhatsApp and people are like, Kenya, are you okay? And I'm like, guys, yeah. it's just like, you know, it's a brief mm. life. And, and we tend to forget that, um, we are living on borrowed time and sometimes we mm. aren't present. We aren't intentional with regards to our relationships. Um, like you were saying, um, and then I even saw a video where this guy was saying okay think about how many times you go visit your family or your parents Mm, and mm. then they say you're saying I'm going to visit my family for two days I mean twice a year um and if Mm -hmm. you were to know when your your parents were to pass away let's say in the next four years it means Mm. you're only going to see them eight times before they pass away in that fourth year so it's 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 really about we we for me personally um I found that I was always living willy-nilly um but mm. now I'm like I'm more intentional I'm doing all those things that I was very afraid of doing like mm. hopefully I should go bungee jumping soon as well Ooh <laughs> yes yeah um, yeah, yeah no, that's a big one but mm. I I like that you actually
1: said that Mm sure yeah it's i think you also become wiser um Mm -hmm. wiser i don't mean like you know guru or anything but as you mentioned you're more intentional with how you spend your time and the interactions that you have and then also being going for what you're scared to do because you know that if i don't do it now i don't know when the next opportunity will come Mm -hmm. (laughs) so yeah good luck hey. you are, uh, yeah.
0: like <laughs> yeah I was I was hoping you'd say you're going to tag
1: along <laughs> ah I've done it once um and I don't think I I decided I'm not doing it again it was just no it's not my thing <laughs> yeah that's yeah, yeah. Sure.
0: Um, mm. Thank you so much for Makungu for being on my show. Um. For sharing your knowledge and your experiences. Mm. Um. For people who are looking to get a hold of you on social media. Um.
1: Where can they get a hold of you? Mm. Okay. So social media. Um. I'm on advocacy for mental health. Um. It's on Instagram. And then tiktok as well it's advocacy for mental health um and then the the baking (laughs) that you like mentioned there um it's mk's cake room if you just want to like get inspired or you know send me your cakes that you challenge me to bake or anything like that um it's mk's cake room Mm
0: -hmm. well if you've enjoyed today's episode please share it with three of your friends you believe would enjoy it too. Also, head on over to our social media pages at the Adventures of OT podcast on Instagram and Facebook and tell us which part of this episode you enjoyed most. Thank you so much for listening. See you next time.